0: Hang on! Hang on! (laughs) Fight! Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast. For the episode, we've got a voicemail from Chris Connaughton, who you've heard a bunch uh, from him lately. He has some interesting information to share with us uh, regarding the bizarre lyrics and events in synopsis for Latecomers. Here's Chris.
1: Hey, Greg, it's Chris Connaughton checking in with some more random trivia for you. The discussion on the uh, Synopsis for Latecomers episode uh, tickled something in my brain about real-world inspirations for some of the wacky uh, scenarios in the song. And the overnight volcano, turns out, was a thing that actually happened in the town of Pericutin, Mexico, back on February 20th of 1943. I had to look this up because I'd read about it at some point in the past. So apparently there was a farmer by the name of Dionisio Pulido who was out in his fields on the afternoon of that day and found a crack that was 150 feet long and 6 feet tall that he had never noticed before. And while he was looking at it, it actually suddenly uh, started to erupt and went up like another 5 or 10 feet while he was looking at it. So he freaked out and went to the village to basically hide, and um, by the next morning, this article says, it was a volcano that was 165 feet tall, and it went on to continue to erupt for days, and was active for 10 years, and by the end, when it went, finally went dormant in 1952, it was actually 1,300 feet tall. So there is weirdly precedent for a volcano appearing overnight so just thought I'd throw that one in there to the mix. Thanks for having me on the show, and thanks for keeping up with the cool episodes. I'll talk to you later.
0: That is insane. Uh, yeah, thanks for that information. Uh, I looked a little more into it, uh, and it's crazy. Uh, thanks for calling in, Chris. Anyone can call in at two two four eight zero one two nine three zero, 801 2930 or you could email me, stuff like that, this might be a pod at Gmail. On with the show. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song by song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They Might Be Giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I've got yet another Greg, a fresh, fresh Greg, Greg Behan, to talk about the song Where Your Eyes Don't Go Off of, of course, Lincoln.
2: Where your eyes don't go A filthy scarecrow waves Its broomstick arms and does a parody Of each unconscious thing you do When you turn around to look It's gone behind you on its face It's wearing your confused expression Where your eyes don't go Where your eyes don't go A part of you is hovering It's a nightmare that you'll never be discovering you're free to come and go or talk like curtis blow but there's a pair of eyes in the back of your head every jungle pile of person has a thinking
3: part that works. greg so. what's up what's going on nice to be here thank you for having me
0: yeah finally yeah. dude finally making this happen so as someone who I know, like, literally nothing about you other than I'm sure I mailed you Patreon merch yeah. <laughs> way back in the day, but I forget where are you at?
3: I'm in New Jersey.
0: Jersey. All right. Now we probably we probably should stay somewhat on topic with this one because this is a massive song. Oh, man. Massive. The episode I just released today was two hours and thirty eight minutes. <laughs> And I'm going to just shout out Ben Bird right now and blame him for us just being so chatty. Um, it's like half Simpsons quotes, but it was about Yeah Yeah, which is a cover. So it's like, ah, uh, you know, we'll talk about the original, we'll talk about that. But like, I don't know how much you know about Yeah Yeah. It's, uh, there were three iterations of it before They Might Be Giants even got a hold of it. So people have heard that episode by then, but it's crazy how long the episode went. And that song... Well, it's still a 20-year-old song. <laughs> but this one, I mean, this is a bona fide classic original TMBG tune. So lots to talk about. Yep. Um, when we get into your story, I guess maybe I'll be able to guess how old you are. But we got on the call, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm this young dude. And I'm like, <laughs> well, probably not the youngest person to be on the podcast. But uh, let, so let's hear your They Might Be Giants fandom story.
3: All right. So... It started with my brother. He ex- I have an older brother, uh, six years older than me, he exposed me to all the music I, was, uh, you know, I got into as a kid. And he exposed me to the Mighty Might Be Giants. I didn't like it at all. Hated it. Up until yeah. high school. And uh, I started getting really into comedy. Things like Mr. Show, Tom Goes to the Mayor, Tim and Eric, some of this mm-hmm. like, kind of different comedy. And yeah. my brother showed me some of the They Might Be Giants videos for the old, the original batch. And that's how I got into them. And I was like, oh, this is cool. These guys are cool. There's something cool going on here. And then that was a slippery slope into at that point. (laughs) um, So like I've been playing music since I was a young kid. Since I was like 10 or 11, I've been playing drums. And I only, and I know a few people have said this on this podcast. I used to listen to music, just the music. The words meant nothing to me. They were just melody. Words meant nothing. And then they might be giants came. And I was just like, Mm -hmm. oh man. You can people things don't have to be broad, and not everything's this broad love song that could mean anything at all. Like uh, people can talk about specific things and cool, interesting things and ideas and thoughts, not just broad, generic (laughs) words. Man, that all hit me at once, like everything about that. And then I was just then was to the races. I started with uh, that compilation, that early compilation, um, then Then, the earlier years,
4: uh
3: and. I loved that. And then that's right when The Else came out. That was the first album that came out that I was an active fan.
0: Okay. Okay. So then how old were you around that time? That, when, you, when did that come yeah, out? Uh,
3: 2007. So I was like a sophomore in high school. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You are much younger than I, that's for sure.
3: <laughs> well, I hear everyone on this show talking about like flood coming out in high school for them.
0: So I was well, I was in two thousand seven. I guess, yeah, I mean in two thousand three I was already teaching eighth graders, so like I could have been your teacher. Um, which just makes me die a little inside. Uh, I had a few teachers
3: yeah, so, who loved yeah. They might
0: be Giants. Oh nice. Was it like science teachers yeah. playing Here Comes Science? They were playing here. he wasn't playing Here
3: Comes Science, but he was a science teacher and we loved and it was actually right when that album came out, it was right when I was graduating high school. Here comes science. Yeah. So I was like yeah. I was sending him all the videos before they were coming out, like, you know, the promos. I was stoked on it.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. So the Else was the first album that was new. You bought new Yeah. Um, And I'm assuming you did buy it because, I mean, YouTube was coming along, but still streaming was still fairly in its infancy then. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Spotify wasn't around in 2007. No
3: way. I mean, not the way it is now, at least.
0: I mean, like, the beta testing and stuff. I know some people were starting to get onto it probably in, like, 2010.
3: But I actually, uh, I know how I bought it. It wasn't by CD, though. It was actually on uh, iTunes. Because at that point, iTunes was, like, you know, pretty solid. Mm-hmm. And I also I remember I bought that and I bought The Spine Surf Alone cuz that for some reason was on iTunes oh. and I was like, what is this? I bought both of them at the same time.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting combo. Yeah. Uh yeah, Spine Surf Alone is great. Oh man. But yeah, yeah, that's not one that you would expect someone to buy as like one of their first like purchases.
3: Well, but at that point though, Being I had Giants.
0: That's interesting. I had
3: access to everything though. So like, you know. Right. That was just right. like an EP that I never saw before, so it was just like, oh, cool. Mhm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, were you stealing your brother's yeah, shit? Yeah. Or were you, ge- yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I am the older brother. So okay. it was my sister stealing my shit. <laughs> well, I mean, she, yeah, I mean, I'm sure she ended up getting a fair amount of her own CDs, you know, especially when I went off to college. But you've been a fan ever since. You've kept up with everything.
3: Kept up with everything. Yeah. And one of my favorite yeah. things about the Rummy Giants, especially when I was getting into them at the time, was they felt like what I feel like podcasts are now in terms of content. Cause when I was getting into them, there was so it was like every day I could wake up and listen to a new They Might Be Giants song. That was the best yeah. feeling. And that's how it feels now when like <laughs> I listen to podcasts that I get into with this like a five hundred podcast catalog. That's a, it's the right. same kind of that's the first time I had that feeling, which was the best too, which is like, oh my god. I didn't know any yeah. band that was so prolific. Yeah. I don't even know many bands now that are.
0: Yeah, I mean other than, like, Guided by Voices and the Mountain Goats, as far as bands still going that have been going a long time, I mean, yeah, John Darneal, another yet another John, is probably, like, if he had another guy, if he was part of a duo, and the other guy wrote just as many songs as him, that's possibly the only thing that could eclipse... <laughs> <laughs> they might be giants because he by himself has written like 500 songs. Yeah. So if there was another guy equally as prolific, but what are the odds of that? I mean, yeah, yeah they might be giants or it's it's crazy. And, and guided by voices, it's like – um I mean, they might be giants. Have tons of short songs, so like, you can't really knock Guided by Voices for having like, you know, a fifty-second song. It's like verse, chorus, and we're done. It's like, oh, that's not a real song. Well, okay, what about the Fingertips? You know, like that's like just like two lines, and then it's you know, that's the song. Yeah, it's crazy. What What are your thoughts on uh, um, on book?
3: Oh man, I was hoping you wouldn't ask. So, like most, (laughs) I hate it. Well, like most things, I end up loving in my life. I don't love it yet. It's taken me a while. I think the EP is amazing. Every song on there, I listen to almost every Pamphlet. day. Um, yeah. I really, really love it. And I know one of them is like a cover or like some weird thing. But I really love every song on that. Um, I don't know. i like it i like it a lot i like it a lot
0: feel free to to speak freely
3: yeah i know because i know other people it's weird because people come out here and said things like oh it's john linnell writing you know pop rock but that's what i love i go john linnell's like my that's all i want in life is john linnell to write pop (laughs) music for me but like i don't know somebody said this and i don't want to say this but it sounds like every song sounds (laughs) the same and it almost does sound like every song sounds the same to me but i feel like and you said this, that there's nuances and stuff. And I think the more I listen to it, the more it's going to grow on me.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. But
3: yeah. it's probably the weakest album for me that's come out since I've been a fan.
4: Ooh, Everything okay. has been
3: such a strong, like every time it comes out, I'm like 10 out of 10. This is the best record I ever heard. This is the first, <laughs> I swear, this is the first one where I'm like, I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll to like a 7 or an 8. But it's not a 10. I know it might get there. Okay, it might get yeah. there.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's always so hard to do that with bands that you're that you've been into for forever. I mean, like with the Mountain Goats, same thing happens for me. Like the the ones that uh the one that came out last year, it's like, "Oh, it's pretty good." And then like I haven't returned to it as much because there's just so much old stuff to keep just dipping into. There's just like a bottomless well of good stuff there. I'm like, "Oh, you should probably listen to uh Darken here again." <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, book, I mean, and it's hard to say, I mean, I'm not saying it's my favorite album of theirs of all time i mean not even close but it's super solid but it is weird you know that i've and i've mentioned between the two johns how they kind of divided up responsibilities almost whether it was uh intentional or not between weird and pop um but like it's hard to say if like how much covid uh you know and pandemic living changed how you know what the album could have been where it's A normal world where the 30th anniversary of Flood tour actually happened on the 30th (laughs) anniversary of Flood and the tour continued, and maybe they're writing songs on the bus and then the tour was done and then they started writing together. You know, and I mean, they do write songs separately, but they could have more easily been, you know, jamming, you know, getting stuff together early on rather than this process where, you know, we can only guess. That um, the song sat like in, you know, a Dropbox or something shared between the two Johns for a lot longer before, like, the, you know, maybe the rest of the band heard them, but how long before, like, they actually all played it together? Yeah. yeah. You know, and did stuff get weird and stale, or did, I mean, because it seems like it was a really long writing process, again, because of the pandemic, like, shit was just slow to a crawl. Yeah. So it's hard to say how that affected the album. I still think it's really solid. Yeah, totally. Um, totally. Yeah, I mean and, and I like I like that they went the extra mile with the packaging, I mean to say the least, packaging, you know, as far as the whole book. Yeah, yeah. Um and yeah, Patreon's about to come out. I've started editing a Patreon about the book. I had a couple photographers on and a poet talking about the actual physical part oh, and cool. and just Talking about that made me appreciate it more. And and again, book, like you said, it's probably going to grow on you. And I would hope that the podcast episodes that people listen to about the book songs help them appreciate them more, you know, like digging into those nuances. Yeah. And I've got, yeah, Synopsis for Latecomers will be coming out next week. Okay. That's the episode coming out the week after we're recording this. And then. Uh, Darling the Dose, I'm recording in a couple weeks, too. And then I'm going to kind of cool it, I think, on the book episodes, because I want to wait to get some live versions. There's been, you know, none of this shit's been played yeah, live. Yeah. yeah. Soon. Yeah. Very soon. Yeah, the Flood tours the Tour has become the Flood slash book slash mink car tour. Things building up over the years. Yeah, so you got in on the spreadsheet pretty early and then just chilled there, <laughs> didn't remind me at all. <laughs> about which Greg you were and that you hadn't been on an episode yet but so you had your pick of litter and you picked a fucking banger oh, man. man this oh my god this is this song so when when your brother was playing tunes for you was this one that like you loved from the jump like when he well okay so you said that you thought they were really weird at first but then when you finally like really got into them was this one of those yeah
3: this is one of them This is one of them that specifically taught me, like, hey, you could write songs with lyrics that are actually cool. Like, there's something cool going on here. I mean, but this song taught me a lot of things that They Might Be Giants taught me. And this one specifically, like, like the chord progression, a thousand chords. Like, (laughs) at this point, I was listening to songs (laughs) with three chords, you know? Um, Yeah. I mean, can I go into, are we going into the track right now?
0: Yeah, sure. Though, I'm curious now that you mentioned that, what, like, what would be your other top bands like to come to the lump they might be giants you know squeeze them in there what else you said you were listening at to? the
3: time sure well at the time when i was a younger kid i was i liked like a lot of like pop like blink 182 i liked um
4: yeah
0: like
3: you know uh weezer <laughs> so i love listening weezer. To like
0: okay all right so yeah and in, in high school and yeah you were listening to like self-titled blink and neighborhoods yep. and then, uh, <laughs> weezer what red album, uh, yeah, the red you know, album like pork yes. and beans right
3: yes. <laughs> dude, good music beans. video <laughs> yeah that's right when youtube Great was coming video. out that's my whole high school yeah
0: yeah hell yeah yeah, yeah. uh what do you listen to now though
3: um now i'm all over the place uh one band i've been in love with from the because of the Mighty giants is 0.357 lover Cornmo's band yeah unbelievable
0: That that dude yeah that dude is a talented mofo yeah. And so nice. I mean, talking to him for No Cops was s- amazing. And I, th- I think I'm going to tap him for something else pretty soon, but I'll keep that under my lid for now. Oh, nice. A little something special. Something, something. Yeah, cool guy. And he contributed to the Purple Toupe charity comp as well. People should still buy it. This might be a Um Yeah, he did. Um... Wait, he did Now is Strange.
3: Oh, that's such a good song
0: yeah. Such a good song. <laughs> It's really good. Really good. So, Lincoln is, I would say, my second favorite They Might Be Giants album after Apollo 18. Where does, where does as an album, where does it slot for you?
3: Oh, man, it's hard for me to rank them. Um, I put it top three, though, without a doubt.
0: Yeah? Okay. Correct. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just love to pull out the high-fidelity stuff now. And then. Yeah. Uh, correct. You know what I put number one? <laughs> Your opinion's correct. You know what I put number one? Uh, and it's a shocker. Are you going to make me guess?
3: Yeah, guess.
0: Uh, the Else.
3: No. no. Not because that's on my first record. That's not why. Minkar. No, I'll give it to you. And okay. and I want this as a quick shout out to all the listeners. Please stop sleeping on this album. The Escape Team. Stop not okay, listening wow. to it. Wow.
0: Wow. Well, here's the problem. They still haven't put it up on streaming. Like, what the fuck, guys? Support.
3: They might be giants, everybody. Here's another shout-out or a call-out. True. Support them. That's them sure. trying to I say, got, hey, yeah. we're putting this out to try to maybe make a dollar. God forbid. <laughs> we put out so much music. <laughs> All the song yeah. weeks. All the records. The last two records were, were for free anyway.
0: Hey, I got it on vinyl, and I got the comic right uh, here. Oh,
3: There it is. I have it, too. It's the best.
0: Did you listen to the episode that I had with David Coles?
3: Yes yeah unbelievable
0: another super nice talented dude uh yeah that's wow i you know there might be one other guy i know who might say escape team is his favorite this guy kevin calloway who i don't know if you're even off are you are you on facebook at all are you in
3: yeah i'm on the group yeah i'm on the facebook okay yeah
0: are you in the ship posting group
3: no though? i'm not in the ship posting group
0: okay because <laughs> it
3: gets a little crazy in there
0: it gets very crazy. Yeah, God, my feed. And I don't really use Facebook all that much other than to, you know, for relatives who that's the platform that they're on to see baby photos, right? But uh, if I scroll Facebook, it's just like they might be Giants, Simpsons, and Seinfeld. That's just it. That's it. The whole way through, just memes the whole way through. Um, but, yeah, he loves the escape team. He was on a uh, Corrupted Lyle episode. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So are you, are you a Justice for Hair Ned kind of guy, like picketing outside oh, the Giants headquarters? Without
3: a Justice doubt. Justice for
0: Hair Ned, <laughs> <laughs> I have a song, come yes. on. yeah, I want it. <laughs> I'm just imagining how good of a song that could be. I mean, how many things rhyme with Ned? A lot. A lot. Yeah. A lot
4: opportunity.
0: Mm-hmm. Lincoln, fucking, you know, second album. I've said before that this is the album where they really... Found their sound,
3: yeah.
0: De- debut pink album, whatever you want to call it, Big Blue Dog album, uh, amazing, and I I love it for its its weirdness and just like duality. There's like this crazy jumping between uh, styles and stuff, which I mean, obviously they still do that, but the degree they did on the pink album was just nuts. And then by Lincoln, they're like, maybe we should kind of like combine weird stuff and pop stuff. And I think where your eyes don't go fits perfectly into that where it's on its surface it's very poppy but there's a lot of weird shit going on in this song for sure so so i think now we get into it All right. I, I i had stopped you i'd hung you up before <laughs> so uh yeah i think where you want to start
3: well i think you're right i think there's a lot of things about this song specifically that show kind of what the band is Gonna be in terms of like well we'll start with chord progression because the chord progression is not normal. There's a whole bunch of chords <laughs> in the verse the whole time and it's really fun and it's moving moving a lot and like that's something they're gonna be doing their whole career. Um, the rhythm the rhythm of the guitar and bass in the verse right it's not just a regular rhythm it's it's syncopated and in each verse it's like that. I love that that's something yeah. you're gonna see a lot in their music. Like all their catchiest songs, to me, have syncopation and a lot of cool rhythm stuff. It's never just like straight eighth notes or anything from the guitar and bass and stuff.
0: Yeah, you know what? I I don't think I even realized this. Probably just because I've known the song for so long and I hadn't like like I know it inside and out, but I hadn't like honed in on it like scientifically or like theoretically. But I didn't realize that the song was in six eight. Like oh it, yeah. I, I love 6-8 shit, especially when it's fast 6-8. Like, I've been hearing, well, I talk about Pup all the time, the band Pup. I don't know if you know that. Oh, I love them. But they, for a punk band, they got a 6-8 song on, like, every album, they that they, they an EP. Like, everything, they always have a 6-8 song. And I'm like, that's a tricky genre to, like, go hard in. And, like, this song, man, it goes hard in 6-8. And the movement of those chords, like, back in college when I got my... Uh, my baby here, my, my 1982 Roland Juno 60 synthesizer. Nice. Uh, and this was before I met Kara. I had very little to do as a college guy who didn't drink. Uh, <laughs> and I would just sit in the dorm and just figure out Rentals songs and the Moog cookbook for even bigger synth dorks than you know. Right. The people know those, that, those two albums. And they might be giant stuff. And so it kind of cue in a tone. you know you can design your own tones on there and find something cool for uh, where your eyes don't go, and then just did. I'm yep. sure I wasn't playing it perfectly at the time, and I'm like, oh, this song rules like it was so fun. It was just like a little exercise for your hands. but the chord progression is nutty.
3: yeah, it's cool. but the the part <laughs> you were just singing, that that keyboard part, what's weird is in all those live links you showed me, from all mm-hmm. the dec- decades, all the eras, he, they don't play it once. You don't hear it one time in any of those <laughs> no. versions. Well, that's I the weirdest know. thing. I know,
0: so lazy. It's so <laughs> Come weird. On,
3: <laughs> they, they often, I don't know, I don't see them leave things out often. Yeah,
0: well, we we can complain about yeah. that more when we <laughs> get to the live section, but yeah, yeah.
3: I had to say, because you were bringing up the melody, and I'm like, they, they <sighs> apparently don't like that melody.
0: <sighs> those, yeah. I mean, that could be... And again, when we get to the cover section, I think those arpeggios, with even without anything on top of it, without any lyrics or melody, like that is a melody in itself, like a counter melody, I guess you would call it. It's just the. It's so much fun to play. Yeah. Yes, we'll talk about that in the live section. The the song it's one of those where it's kind of in C but not really it's like it's kind of like a birdhouse kind of song where it just keeps mutating from key signature to key signature
3: well i have a question for you as a music <laughs> yeah. teacher when uh-huh. the, the middle <laughs> section like the bridge where it goes da 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 which is somehow i've been working on the railroad road which i had no idea Cause I know someone's that extra in section. The kitchen. Yeah, I, I never yeah. heard that yeah. kitchen part. I found it all out yeah. on the wiki. I never heard that section of that song in my life.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, actually, we didn't play. We didn't play the demo. I did not know until researching this that because I knew the. I'm like, that sounds an awful lot like someone's in the kitchen yeah. with that. <laughs> but I did not know it was so intentional that in the demo played on the Franco Two Show that he actually sings that. With it Like okay Confirmed Yeah So I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'll drop that in here
4: Yeah
2: Where your eyes don't go A filthy scarecrow Waves with broomstick arms And does a parody Of each unconscious thing you do it's gone behind you on its face It's wearing your confused expression Where your eyes don't go Where your eyes don't go Part of you is hovering It's a nightmare that you'll never be discovering You're free to come and go talk like Curtis Blow But there's a What the part that isn't thinking Isn't thinking of Should you worry When the nightmare is in front of you Or is it worse Because it's always waiting Where your eyes don't go Where your eyes don't go Part of you is hovering It's a nightmare That you'll never be discovering You're free to come and go Or talk like Curtis Blow But there's a pair of eyes Back of your
4: head.
0: <laughs> the demo is is so great, and the song's pretty much fully formed. It's got no fl- it's clearly got no flames on it though cuz there's no guitar yeah. uh at all. So he's filling it in a lot more with keys like the part that goes to acoustic guitar on the chorus. Um which is another weird part about this song is that the chorus like comes down a little bit. Yeah, I love that. Of, instead of pumping yep, up. Yep. Right? Goes to the acoustic guitar, but on the demo it's like that it's like little organ chords and stuff yeah. and it seems more aggressive. So they changed that quite a bit, but the demo besides being a few ticks slower, it's amazing but so so the someone's in the kitchen with Dinah yeah. part during that but did part, you have a question yeah. about like the the, the, so is there the a, music theory of it because yeah well, yeah
3: because <laughs> so we go into that section right and then we come back into the final chorus and a lot of things mm-hmm. happen but one thing that happens is I can't tell is it a key change because the melody of that da, 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 certainly changes and it sounds like it's a chord change it's really hard for me to tell so I do I want to ask the expert <laughs>
0: This is one of those things that it's even, like, it it stumps me. And I love to analyze these. And I was, you know, in college, I mean, which was a long time ago for me at this point, you're analyzing sections of symphonies and shit that's really complex. So you think, like, oh, a rock song, no problem, right? And pop songs these days, like, whenever I learn one for school or something, it's, like, the verse and the chorus and the bridge, they call them different parts because there's different lyrics, (laughs) but they're all the same four chords. Like, not even, they don't even switch the order where you go to a song like this and it's like, man, he is working hard to write this song. Like, or, or was he not? And just like this weirdness just comes to him. He's like, sure, I will go to an A flat. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, the songs in the kitchen with Dinah thing. I mean, just to, to back up like the, to, before we get there, the verse it's like, okay, it's in C we go. I mean, it starts out fuck the intro has an E major kicking off the song which has an F sharp in it that is not in the key of C yeah
3: well I love that's that, that in intro the key of C. that's one of my favorite things yeah. too that like, to, like that intro has nothing to do with the rest of the song it doesn't nothing. get referenced like none of none of that ever comes again I love that, that it's a that's a
0: total so cool. non sequitur yep. it's just like hey here's this song just kidding
3: yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's something else yeah it's oh man I love that yeah so then when it hits the verse like okay i kind of settled into a nice poppy you know normal you know c f g but then it hits an a major which in c should be an a minor and then it hits a b flat major also not in the key so immediately like you can't be like this song's in c because we're only like eight measures into the thing and you've already had three chords that are out of that key
4: yep
0: Right? You got the E right off the bat for one. E major. Yeah. Should have been E minor if it was in C. The A major. The B flat major. Nowhere even close to being in the key of C. Uh, and then you get an A minor. Like the verse has, a, has an A, creeps up to the B flat, and then back down to the G, and then an A minor. So it's got A's, A minors, B flats. There's, what I don't know what key this is in. I mean, I'd love to tell you, but I don't know. I mean, when you go out of the key once, could be like, "Oh, that's it's an accidental." It's you know, as we'd call it in the biz, Um <laughs> like just, "Oh, I'm dipping out of the key," but like he's dipping, oh, I'm dipping again. Oh, I'm out of the key again. Until you're like, there, there's no key. What well, he's just playing whatever chord he wants. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, but it all sounds so good. And when you hear it, like it's still a poppy song. Like,
4: yeah,
0: how do you write such a catchy melody around a chord progression? That would make no sense to anyone coming off of the rock and roll, you know, basis of, you know, blues and rock and roll out of those progressions. It's bonkers. Yep. And then the chorus is just completely shifts keys. I mean, I, I mean, I want to say we're in the key of A flat, but, you know, and even though I've recorded a cover, I'm still like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, definitely not an A flat because because then the B flat should have been a minor chord. So it does a C minor. Geez. I don't fucking know. I don't. You
4: know.
0: A flat, B flat, C minor. It's like, oh yeah, the song's in the key of C. It isn't A flat with a B flat root, E flat, F minor. This song does have like every chord that this is yeah. one of those songs that guitarists must hate it's like <laughs> it's like when i was making my the exquisite dead guys my pseudo band the cover band when we'd play like a open mic night and be like let's play climbing the walls which <laughs> fucking i haven't done that episode yet but spoiler alert it's a 10 uh and I'm just like, oh, it's this on the keyboard. It makes perfect sense under my fingers. And guitarists are just like, why, why, yeah. why? <laughs> why am I, no, I don't like this song. Let's do a Flan song, like number three. That one makes yeah. sense to me. <laughs> um, he writes some weird shit, too. But even on a keyboard, doesn't matter what instrument this is on.
4: Yeah.
0: It's wacky as hell. Yeah. And not to mention the you're free to come and go line E-flat, E-flat, augmented fifth, sixth, seventh. So just like if you're playing on a keyboard, your pinky is just climbing up. You got the E-flat, right? And then your your pinky is going, you know, it's got the fifth and the augmented fifth and the sixth and the seventh, just climbing up. And then it does it for the A-flat, almost, is the A-flat and then the sixth and then the major seventh. And then back to the regular A flat. I don't know how you come up with this stuff. Like, I'm just extremely jealous of being able to write something this unique. Like, they're never going to get sued for, like, oh, you ripped off this old song. (laughs) My daddy wrote that song. That chord progression, I recognize that. (laughs) No, no one's ever written something this wacky before. this. Right? Uh, Yeah, and the best part is
3: that, like, when you're just listening to this, you can't tell. Like unless you're sitting down, like it almost just feels normal. Like it doesn't feel like yeah. there's a thousand different chords and all these weird changes, and it's not really even in a key. It does not feel like that, which is the best part about it.
0: Yeah, it's like Birdhouse. Just
3: like Birdhouse. Just like Birdhouse. It's just like Birdhouse.
0: Sense. And that's another one of those where it's like I don't know if I could even think about where it's changing keys. I mean, you'll see some changes, and then like it instantly jumps out of it. I mean, I remember watching some. Video. I think it was a yeah. It was was like a short interview video with Open Mike Eagle. Like before I had him on the show, I found this where he was a video where he's talking about Birdhouse, and it whatever the narrator of that claimed that the song changes keys like seventeen times or something. I'm like, I mean, where do you you know? (laughs) Can you even change keys that often and and say that you're in a key for a split second before (laughs) because in a three minute song. I mean, it's like you have to solidify the key before you move out of it, or else are you even really in it. Like, you can't just say, like, oh, we went from C to F to G, we were in C, but now, oh, A major, we must be in the key of A. No, and then it goes to B flat. Oh, we must be in B flat. I mean, there are chords that are out of the key, but you haven't really changed keys unless you solidify that tonic. Like, this is the one chord. Yeah. But if you're just dancing through them, you're just like, oh, whoa, here's another chord. Okay, moving on. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, I'm tired of that one. Here's a new one. Then you're not... I This, this song doesn't have a key. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I keep thinking about this A flat, this E flat, A flat, B flat part because it starts to feel like it's sitting somewhere and then it just... There's too many major chords. Yeah. Like it doesn't scale wise motion there should be minor chords coming in there more but they just don't it's wild it's fucking wild but the someone in the kitchen with Dinah part yeah it because it's it it's like a more evil version of someone's in the kitchen with Dinah. like this someone's in the kitchen with dina that note right there is not the way you know i just performed that song with, I've been working on the railroad with my kindergartners and in fact that's what I should drop in <laughs> Yeah you should as like the example of so I've been working on the railroad as my kindergartners singing it <laughs> and so dun 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 it might change keys after that weird note even within the someone's in the kitchen part it's just i mean this is just like a mind bending kind of song that just it might be best just to like just stop thinking about right it doesn't ruin the song for me it makes it more impressive but like let's just enjoy it for being like this piece of just like songwriting mastery. Yeah, right? seriously. Cause it's so seamless.
3: <laughs> Everything just works perfectly. And like that was, po- so that part is so cool too, because we're in the kitchen with Dinah and then the melody of that and the drums of that
4: go into <laughs> the last chorus.
3: And then so we have the regular yeah. chorus with, I think a key change, but God only knows. And we got that. And then we got that Dinah thing still going on. Yeah. Oh, man, I think that's so cool. And that's not even nearly close to the end of the song.
0: I know. Then you get the whole guitar solo part. like
3: Which is unbelievable. And it taught me another thing where we have that triplet feel. Or maybe it's, like you said, 6-8. But the last three and four and each thing is straight. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think technically, if you're going to notate that, if we're saying it's in six eight, which I would say it is, those would be triplets within six eight, which almost turns it around to make them seem like they're straight quarters. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Or it could be yeah, dotted quarter, dotted, dotted, dotted quarter eighth. It's it's close, but it 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 is wow because it's like D- swaying. Oh man, I love that. And so it's good. it's one of my favorite Flans lead guitar parts too. Oh,
3: such a good melody!
0: Yeah, because it's melodic. Like it's not showy. I wouldn't call it a guitar solo. No. I'd call it a guitar lead. Yeah. Right? It's another singable melody. Yeah. And then under that, you get like the ghostly vocals. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, there's another thing. Like these layers just keep coming on. Yeah, the someone's in the kitchen with Dinah. I don't, I don't think it changes the key of the last chorus i think there's a little transition because you hear when it continues on and the little arpeggios start up again it comes back over it it kind of is like finding its way back to the to the original key there is some like creeping through keys there it's just like i'm being real sneaky where am i going it's just like floating in this like tonicless world and then then it's where your eyes it's back to it like, oh, here's the verse. But even that's that fucked up key that we talked about. Yeah. yeah. So it's just wild how much happens in this song.
3: And that's just musically, because then we go lyrically, oh, and lyrically, man. this song is amazing. This song is everything I <laughs> want in music, in any kind of fantasy, anything. This is so cool. <laughs> this is like what
0: and, I love. And, and it's so great. And, and I want your take on the lyrics. I'm just going to read this one quote off of the wiki first. British author Terry Pratchett. Says this is the scariest song he's ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) And he has a book called Reaper Man, which uh, sure damn looks like a reference to me. There's a quote from that book that says, Should we worry when he's in front of us, said Ridkilly, or is it worse because we know he's behind us? I mean, it very much seems like a quote because it's not word for word, but it's so close. And the fact that he's spoken about that song before, this song, uh i would say confirms that um so the lyrics where where do you start with this one what's what's your take on it
3: well this song is terrifying this song is terrifying this song is so great um
0: got filthy scarecrows in the first line
3: yeah (laughs) (laughs) and apparently Linnell said this is about a song he had he about a dream he had as a child yikes which is interesting <laughs> which is very interesting i wonder if there is imagery of a of a scarecrow but I bet. what i take from this and which i th- what i think everyone should is just that i don't actually now that i think about it, i feel like i'm thinking of 10 different things i could take from it but i suppose that you never know you never know what's really there you never know what's on the other side
4: mm. <laughs> yeah
3: you never ask.
0: It's it's about the unknown. I mean, I yeah. just kind of took it as just a broad. Yeah. There's always going to be shit you don't know about, and maybe, maybe it's best that you don't. It's like it, it comes back to like to the song. Ah, it's like, do you want to know how the sausage is made? Do you want to know all <laughs> yeah. this shit that's going on? Like maybe not. It's a little scary. Right, the scarecrow just don't look at him. Just
2: don't look. Yeah,
3: yeah. It almost feels like a combination of the playfulness and scariness, which is another thing that I love and a repeated theme with them. Which is like the 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 scariness of the scarecrow and everything, but the playfulness of like you know he's doing a dance behind you. That's what he's doing mm-hmm. back there.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, there's something cute about that, but there's also something terrifying of just like you you know you don't know what's going on. Anything could be going on behind you. Somebody would be ready to mm-hmm. kill you. At all times, you don't right, know what's going right, on back right. there. When you turn around, <laughs> that killer's doing a dance.
0: <laughs> look at me. No, don't don't look at him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, filthy doesn't necessarily mean scary, but just, like, the, it instantly comes to mind, like, a filthy scarecrow. I mean, it's called a scarecrow for a reason. Like, it's supposed to scare birds, but if you think too much about what a scarecrow looks like, at least in the traditional sense of like, a, you know, what you'd see in a movie is a scarecrow. Like they're terrifying, right? Like they get like a bag, like a burlap sack for a head with a face crudely drawn or cut out of it. Totally. And just like, yeah, some old clothes that the farmer had just throw on this thing. It's made of, yeah, this one's got broomstick arms. <laughs> and it's doing a parody of each unconscious. thing you. do. Uh, and wouldn't it be subconscious? That's the one thing I was always hung up on. It's like, wouldn't it be subconscious? I mean, unconscious, you're asleep. Though I guess well, if he's talking about a dream, then he's parroting what you do in your dreams. Yeah. Like F- Freddy Krueger stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a parody- yeah, just the idea of this like scary figure... Mocking you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you you were like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: You know what? In my head, for some reason, I thought it was dancing, and I'm looking at the lyrics now, and it's a parody of each unconscious thing you do. And in my mind, the imagery of the scarecrow for me is like he's dancing a parody, kind of what I'm so in my mind, it's always been dancing. But that is terrifying. He's doing a parody. Well, he's waving, he's you. waving his mocking arms. You. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The fact that he's waving his arms does kind of make it seem like he's dancing in a way. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs>
3: And then on his But face. then
0: he turned around and looked, and yeah, and he stopped. But he's wearing your confused expression again. He's like mocking you. He's like, oh, oh that's so this cool. this is what you look like. Yeah,
3: this is your face. That is so cool. Like that's this awesome. is
0: one bully, bully ass scarecrow right yeah, here. Yeah, this guy sucks. <laughs> so, so uh, just. Uh, it's just so evocative, just this this first verse. It's like, uh, just that first verse alone is better than anything I could ever dream of writing in a song. Like, it's just...
5: Seriously.
0: Uh, just like, it's just so... Yeah, you can just picture it. Like the Exactly. The, the imagery. Thing. Yeah. But that's
3: why Linnell's so damn good, man.
0: Yeah. Right. Like, you can get a picture in your mind of it, but it's not about some real, like, scenario that happened to a songwriter. Like... Again, I bring up the mountain goats because, like, he writes fictionalized tales. Also, he writes more kind of um, from his own life these days. But uh, it's, like, it's a story. Like, this happened. Maybe even says the year, the place. Like, this happened. Um, But this is, like, what does it mean? Like, I get this imagery, but, like, I don't know what it means. Like, this obviously isn't a real thing. Or is it? Like, it's terrifying. Yeah. You know, it's in a dream. Or is it real? It's uh, just a mysterious spooky thing (laughs) and then and just the happy sing-song melody in the in the chorus a part of you is hovering like I said goes to the acoustic guitar kind of brings it down and he starts singing a little more gentle too it's a nightmare that you'll never be discovering he sings it so sweetly it's like (laughs) you'll never know all the nightmares (laughs) (laughs) yeah go to sleep little one (laughs) You'll never discover the, all these nightmares. <laughs> the part of you is hovering. It's never really occurred to me before, but it's almost like maybe like when you're having an out of body experience, like where they say like, like you're looking down on yourself. Right. A part of you is hovering. You're like looking at yourself being tortured in a nightmare or something. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's like inception, like night, inception nightmares right here yeah. <laughs> in the land of Linnell. And then he mentions Curtis Blow. Like, it's just like, <laughs> here's a little comedy here. Like, you know, I love it. You, you might be rapping in your dream. Like, <laughs> yeah. Basketball, basketball. Uh, do, do, do you know much Curtis
3: Blow? No, I don't. <laughs> he
0: <laughs> Curtis Blow is a guy that I, I talk about him when I'm doing my Black History Month stuff with my fifth grader Specifically, we talk about the birth of rap because he is like, he really broke a lot of ground, but he seems so cheesy in retrospect and like he tried to get hard. Like when bands like run DMC and stuff started coming along, I mean, they were kind of party rap as it is, but started bringing in more of a message. I mean, he had Grandmaster Flash bringing in like, you know, social issues and and messages right away. Um, But like Curtis Blow, he hung on to like this party rapper thing um, and really was really good at it. But like it just seems really cheesy now, like you think like an old a white guy attempting to rap like a kind of, oh, like because yeah. that's you know it hadn't rap hadn't progressed at that point like the you know it was just very simple right yeah um you were supposed to understand it the rhyme schemes were easy the rhythms were fairly basic but um yeah he he had a couple of really good songs. And his style was pretty cool, too. It was somewhere between, like, a disco style and, like, what became, like, I mean, Beastie Boys and Run DMC really kind of solidified the the look, you know, like the big sneakers, big, you know, medallions and chains and cool hats and shit, yeah. while Curtis Blow had, like, a little bit of an afro and, like, an open shirt, you know. It, it just, it's just very important to the history of rap, and I feel like he's kind of forgotten a little bit. Um, or maybe looked at as cheesy, but like the breaks is a definitive song of that era. Like taking it, the branch between you know climbing between disco and you know what we think of now as more modern rap. Okay, the breaks. These are the breaks. Break it up. Break it up. Break it up. Break down. <laughs> do, do, dat, do, do, dat. Like it. I'll I'll definitely play a clip of it, but. Uh, basketball is a great one too i would recommend watching the video okay. for that it's an almost four minute rap song just about how cool basketball is <laughs> there's no underlying message there it's just like look at this <laughs> these guys playing basketball and there's some cheerleaders Oh, it's awesome! we're having a good time but uh the breaks is maybe a little bit more of um i guess kind of a message right it's it's his hit song
2: Ball. Basketball is my favorite sport, I like the way to dribble up and down the court, just like I'm the on the microphone, so it's Dr. J and Moses Malone, I like slam dunks and taking it to the hoop. my favorite play is the alley, oop. I like the pick and roll, I like to give and go, cause it's basketball, But Mr. Curtis bro. Clap your hands everybody, if you got what it takes, cause I'm Curtis Blow and I want you to know that these are the boys. break to lose it's easier break to rock your shoes and these are the breaks. break it up, break it up break it
0: up Christmas rapping is another good one <laughs> Christmas rapping get great. it yeah right <laughs> and these are from these are from 1980 uh basketball is from 84 it looks okay. like um so yeah that very early era like coming out of You know, Rapper's Delight seems very cheesy now and is mocked in a lot of movies, but again, very important song, despite the fact that they're basically created in a lab. It's weird to think about. It was, you know, white guys co-opting this black culture, like, always. Yeah. They're like, here, here's three guys that seem like they're pretty cool out in, you know, on the street there, they're doing their thing. Let's bring them into the studio. Here's the first rap song ever. We did it. But Curtis Blow seemed a little bit more... Legit, you know, as a as a rap artist in his own right. Gotcha. But anyway, Linnell, like name dropping that, like that's not something you expect him to name drop. I mean, Curtis Blow, I think, was still active when this album came out. He was definitely, probably looked at as old news at that point. Yeah,
4: yeah,
0: right. Because he had, I mean, even like L O Cool Jay and shit were coming up by that time. Like, ugh, like these big, like tough, tough guys, you know. Rap was getting a little a little more hard around this time Lincoln just to drop the Curtis Blow reference Had to be just a total Total joke just like
3: I love <laughs> yeah. it You're free
0: to come and go Or talk like Curtis Blow Because to me saying talk like Curtis Blow Means like you're almost like a goofball Kind of right you're, you're rapping and it's silly And you're doing the silly thing And maybe the scarecrow is mocking you And rapping back at you I don't know <laughs> But there's a pair of eyes in the back of your head. So it it, it hits you with that joke and then right back.
3: Yeah. Right back to things that you can't see.
0: Yeah. Just like creepy. Yeah. (laughs) We're only to the second verse. Yep. One of my, I think I quoted this in an episode not that long ago. Actually, I think I said on the book episode, I'm editing right now, every jumbled pile of person, someone, someone said jumbled pile of something. We were looking at one of the pictures in book, and I'm like, every jumbled pile of person has a thinking part that wonders what the part that isn't thinking isn't
3: thinking of. Man, that's one of my favorite lines of all time. <laughs> that's one of the best yeah, right? written lines. That's amazing. Oh, man, I love that. Yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> Has a thinking part that wonders what the thi- what the, what the, isn't thinking isn't thinking of, uh, and then you got the skull head. This is kind of pre skull obsession for them. Epic giants. This is like did this start it?
3: Oh, this may have started <laughs> can, it. That's interesting.
0: Can you think of a song on the debut that uh, mentions a skull or a skeleton?
3: No, I can't.
0: Mm i can't yeah not off the top of my head i don't think so i mean there's definitely there's always talk of death and stuff like that but skulls specifically you know and then they really you know really brought it home with john henry yeah. oh yeah <laughs> you know and they had an old ep back to skull and then skull and then spines and then all the, you know um just become kind of like a focal point of like their aesthetics or skulls yeah um one of the pictures we talk about in book, there's actually several skeletons in those photos in book. Uh, One that I talked about, there's a like from some really like dirty looking high school chemistry, biology lab or something like that, where there's a skeleton with his arm around like the muscle guy, like the guy that's, it shows all his, his muscles and the skeleton has his arm around him. Like, That's just such a part of the Might Giants at this point. Totally. Skulls. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Should you worry when the skull head is in front of you, or is it worse because it's always waiting where your eyes don't go?
3: I love that. Uh, I feel like that's like, should you waste your time worrying about things? Or maybe you should because it's always waiting behind you. mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) There's so many ways you could take this song, but whatever it is, it's going to be... Not great and not great situation to be in. Yeah. Even if it's all in a dream, it would suck to have dreams like this.
3: Oh yeah.
0: You don't want to wake up and like, oh the scarecrow's back. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I was just rapping about basketball and comes along and starts rapping back at me. Oh, 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 look at you, Curtis Blow motherfucker. <laughs> I think you're so cool, he rapping sucks. It's outdated, man. It's outdated. Yeah. And really, I mean, then there's then we repeat, we got the the chorus is the same, and then the last verse, same as the first. The
3: rare last verse being the same as the first for they might be giants. I I would yeah. love to know how often they've done that, because it's not many tunes do that.
0: No. Mm-mm. But
3: he was right. Definitely not. These lyrics are so strong where he could have actually done the same verse for every verse. The first verse could have just been every verse for
0: me, but. It's a verse, it's a good enough verse to go twice for sure. Yeah. And with the musical elements that start getting added in in that verse, you got the Someone's in the Kitchen with Dinah thing coming in underneath that. Um, So it's not just like cut and paste the same. Man, this song. Should we listen to live versions? Yeah, yeah,
3: let's do
0: it. Yeah. We we're almost like an hour in here. This song deserves
3: it. That's right. I
0: don't know. Should we burn through all of these, or were there any that you thought that weren't as interesting?
3: I think they're all very interesting.
0: Okay. First, we're going to uh, hit up my pal, Daryl Till, his uh, his YouTube channel, Astral B. Uh, he... He wasn't at this show, he said, but he got a hold of this tape from a friend. He does live around. Um, well, he sees them in, in London, is where you know he's a, he's a British chap, and he got a hold of this tape. The the entire concert is on his channel. I think there's one giant YouTube video of this whole 1990 concert. Um, but this clip of where your eyes don't go, 1990 in London, the audio is all blown out, but I think it's part of the charm. <laughs> we drop that in here. We're yeah. back. So here's the song again I love in the early days Linnell just played I think he plays accordion for the entire set Oh really? There's, there's no, there's no keyboard involved. It's just it's got the accordion on the whole time. Uh, I
3: gotta find this show. I've never seen a so show good. like just, that.
0: Just click on Astral Beast's channel. There, it's it's on there. Um, so it's a song that doesn't have accordion on the studio version. Yeah, but he puts it on here, and it. So this this set is just full of them. Every song has accordion. What do you think of it? It almost starts off like Flames is playing like a ska song or something. Yeah, I know. <laughs> dun, 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 dun.
3: And he does that for the MTV <laughs> one, too. Yeah. Yeah,
5: so yeah. kind of strong.
0: It's like a lot funkier.
3: Yeah. And then Linnell just doesn't play anything.
0: You know, I mean, without those arpeggios in here, he kind of does just slam it into 4-4, four, because four, like without the subdivision. <laughs> yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Like he almost puts in a weird like shuffling 4-4 four, four instead of the the 6-8. Yeah, because it feels really different instead of. Yeah. Like, it's a fairly new song at this point. Like, it's kind of interesting to me why they would change it up so much. And you mentioned before, yeah, you can't do those arpeggios on the accordion there. I mean, it's. It's got to be tricky to do all that while singing, but that's not above Linnell's capabilities. Oh, no, no, totally. It's a choice. Yeah, that's so a choice. I, man, I think that part is so, so important to the song, but apparently they don't agree. Yeah. <laughs> Nevertheless, it's really cool performance. And
3: you're right. The feel yeah. has changed completely. Nobody is doing the, 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 the like the drums in the recording. You have a ride cymbal knocking that in your brain the whole time. Very yeah. interesting move by them.
0: And this it is kind of hard to tell what the backing track is doing because the audio is so distorted. Yeah, yeah. But it does just feel like it's more just hitting the dun,
3: dun, yeah, dun, which dun. is so, so weird. With,
0: without the subdivision, it yeah, it sounds like it could just be four four. Yeah. So then in the same year they played on the uh, famed British uh, DJ, John Peel, they played on his show. And let's check that one out. <laughs>
2: Where your eyes don't go, a filthy scarecrow waves his broomstick arms and does a parody of each unconscious thing you do. When you turn around to look it's gone behind you on its face, it's wearing your confused expression, where your eyes don't go. Where your eyes don't go, a part of you is hovering. It's a nightmare that you'll never be discovering. You're free to come and go, talk like Curtis Blow, but there's a pair of eyes in back of your head. Every jumbled pile of person has a thinking part that wonders what the part same way is with those chucky chords.
0: And we got acoustic now. Yeah, a lot of just upbeat. Yeah, accenting the ands a lot. Yeah, and here we get an organ. Yeah. There's an organ tone that Linnell comes in with. Yeah, he doesn't even play until the chorus. Um,. Oh, are they do I forgot to check, Are they doing this someone's in the kitchen with Dinah on on these ones? I don't believe so. But Flance is a cool guitar thing that's not on the not on the original. He does it up high. Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah. 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 I love it. It's yeah. so good. It's like this little this
0: little dinky thing. It sounds amazing. Yeah, and again, it's funny, like they were promoting Flood. Flood had just come out and they're playing a Lincoln song. Yeah. It's just you know, song worth playing. They probably played N-A-N-G too. I don't know the whole set list on that. Um, so let's go to uh, live on MTV. I was not able to confirm the date on this. I believe... You know what? Actually, let me check real quick. Because this is from the same...
3: I recall this is 1992. 1990 as well as the other one. But I'm not sure. I think this is yeah. 1990.
0: I believe so. Because uh, used footage from the same thing. And I believe this is... Uh, what friggin' episode did the, <laughs> too many episodes <laughs> did I play something from the same session? Is this from the same as whistling in the yep. dark? Is this
3: Lucky Ball and Chain Whistling in the Dark? It's all from that same MTV show. Uh eighty yeah, nine, so, July of eighty-nine it says.
0: There we go. Should have played this one first. Yeah, so this is on the postmodern uh MTV show, which was like the weekly hundred and twenty minutes uh thing, which was slightly less underground but yeah still had AMMP Giants hosted 120 Minutes and they hosted this as well and did these uh, well I'll go ahead and play it and yeah
2: a person has a thinking part that wonders what the part that is and thinking is and thinking of shouldn't you worry when the skull head is in front of you or is it worse because it's always waiting where your eyes don't go where your eyes don't go part of you is hovering it's a nightmare that you'll never
4: It's so funny
3: that they
0: didn't record it like this. It's funny that, because if this one is 89, like, they're right out of the gate. They're like, let's just do it this other way.
3: Yeah. Why? (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I guess rhythmically, I guess just those, I don't know. I don't know. It's such a weird thing. Because you don't hear them do this with any other song. Like, change it so differently. Like, so differently.
4: Yeah.
0: Because, like... I mean, strumming guitar in six eight. If you're doing straight eighth, can be a little bit tricky because the downs and ups, like, like down and up and down and up. But he just said, it's definitely probably easier to play on guitar. I mean, it's got a cool, like, peppy feel to it. But yeah, it changes changes it so much. So much. Still great lyrics and melody,
3: and the but harmony is the, the feel of it. The harmony. Oh uh, yeah, that's different, and that's great. They always do it mm-hmm. live. So good.
0: I, <laughs> I love the the back and forth that the cameras. Yeah,
3: the perspective. That, I know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like it's just like because at first it looks like oh they're standing right next to each other. Yeah. But then, like, all of a sudden, like, the guitar headstock, like, it's cut off in the frame. You're like, whoa, Flames is getting real close. What's
3: going on there? Yeah. And, like, I always wonder, too, especially at that time. Like, you know, like, they might be giants were always cool and, like, trying different things out with film. And, like, you know, especially Flansburg went on to direct stuff. So, like, I'm curious, something like that. Like, did they say, like, hey, have fun. Like, you know, mess with it. Like, I'm curious. I'm curious. There's no way MTV decided to just do that to them. I mean, maybe. But I've never seen any other performers <laughs> have that
0: happen. Yeah, it is. It is kind of an odd choice. That seems like an oddball kind of thing that that Flans would be like. Yeah, could you guys, you know, put give us each our own camera, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but split the screen, and you guys just zoom at will, whatever you want, you know. But we'll, we'll be in split screen, yeah. <laughs> split screen. But there's no like dividing. There's no clear divider between the two. Yeah, it really looks like they're staying Like Flans is just a little bit behind yeah. Linnell, and then all of a sudden it starts creeping up. It's
3: so cool. It's <laughs> awesome. I love it. Uh,
0: okay, so DJ Nick Hill's uh, Music Facet radio show. It looks like I forgot to plunk it in here. This is actually listed on the chronology, so we probably should play this one. It was released on TMBG Unlimited after dial song It's a... Where your eyes don't go, and why does the sunshine medley?
2: Where your eyes don't go, a filthy scarecrow waves his rosy arms and dies a parody of each ungodious thing you do. When you cheer around and look, it's gone. Behind you, all its faces wearing your confused expression. Where your eyes don't go. The sun is a mass of incandescent gas, a gigantic nuclear furnace, where hydrogen is built into helium at a temperature of millions of degrees.
3: Oh, wow. This transition's amazing. Oh, that's the best.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just lets it hang oh, then throw great. in a minor third and then ding, ding, to start going to the
3: top. Oh, that's cool. I like that. That works. And it's the
0: dinky, the dinky original cover of Why Does the Sun Shine. Yeah.
3: I love it. But once again, they're still playing it that same way, and it also yeah. feels rushed, which is fine. It works, but it definitely feels super rushed to me. It feels like they're trying to get over with the fucking song. Um,
0: they might have had limited time to play on this radio show. I mean, there must have been a reason they did a medley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just smashed through half of that song real quick, and then right into. Why does the sunshine, Yeah. Okay. All right. So now let's jump ahead to a more modern recording. Recording modern being 11 years ago uh, in 2011 in New York City. And uh,
3: finally, this, sorry, sorry, keep going.
0: Yeah. Well, I was just going to give John Eulis some props. Uh, it's on capital Q. This is John Uless's channel, Charlie says some good stuff yeah what uh,
3: finally they play finally. It, like the record finally yeah, Marty's playing the Plans is playing the original rhythm not that you know
0: finally into a true 6 yeah
2: I love it Lincoln thinking back on this album um the uh, the ambient sound of one armed bandits I remember that part yeah and there were everywhere. It was 2011. <laughs> and there were wolves. Um, yeah. That's all I can remember. What do you have? I got nothing. Okay. There we go.
3: I like the original feel of this a
0: lot. Yeah, honestly, I like that little twist with the with the live ones, but then after we just heard four versions yeah. where they kind of <laughs> did that, getting back to this groove, I'm like, this is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds so good. But again, Linnell isn't really playing during the verses. I still! Wanted to do this,
3: the doodly do He's still not doing, doing them. doing nothing. But I can't <laughs> think of one other They Might Be Giant song that they play rhythmically different than the album i can't think of one single one that they've ever played rhythmically other than black ops i can't think of a single one
0: sure Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's one thing to mess with the arrangement but to mess with the feel to the degree they did that i mean other than ones where they've intentionally really fucked with it like i mean even istanbul they've done so many different versions of their istanbul but still it has i mean it still retains the feel when it gets to the 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 you know the brunt of the song you know it's really
3: yeah even the electronic maintains ones. its
0: integrity yeah, yeah. yeah it's still it's not fucking with like the basics of the the beat and rhythm yeah yeah yeah
3: it's just so interesting mm. that they do it for this song
0: yeah yeah I think uh, as it covers time all
3: right all right
0: first let's head to YouTube with Jack Snow, I guess is how you'd say it. J E X N O is the channel. Cute little animation. You should go watch this, people. But here's the audio for their cover of Where Your Eyes Don't Go. what do you think of Jack snow i
3: love it it's cool it's it's a little different i like it a lot
0: synthy and loud yeah.
3: like aggressive
0: it is aggressive it's dirty like that filthy scarecrow even you got the dancing skull you got a skull <laughs> in the animation it's, it's really fun a lot of cool vocal effects a lot of cool synth tones very solid a lot of a lot of work went into that one yeah And this was posted... Yeah. Happy Jack Snow Halloween. This was uh, just... Yeah. Halloween of 2020. So not too long ago. Dig it. Next one. Let's go to Crisp Crump. (laughs) Peter Gritch. I remember discovering his crispcrump.bandcamp.com. Mario Paint. uh, I don't know if you clicked over to Mario Painted the album to look at all the stuff he's covered there's some great stuff here done Mario Payne style everything from milk Hotel to the Smiths to I, I mean he, he loves Jeff Ro- Rosenstock there's Rosenstock on there Weezer I mean tons of the MFP Giants just the package so much good stuff here it's a fun listen throughout but let's listen to his version of where your eyes don't go <laughs>
3: too young for mario paint well no that was right in my like super nintendo was when i was getting into video games so i had mario paint um i'm a huge video game nerd i love this i feel like nobody appreciates how much time this guy puts into this stuff because it's really hard and there's another game called a warioware diy i'll tell you really quick it's the same deal Mm. but the daw they made for it is like insane and it's for the nintendo ds and i write music eight bit tune music on there And it's like Mario Pink, but you have way more control, and it's amazing. But this this cover is so cool. That sounds great. Everything this guy does is so cool.
0: Peter, shout out. Yes. And now our man Daryl Till, I've already mentioned him because he uploaded that 1990 footage from London. So let's hear one of his classic YouTube jams. 2008. You go back to 2008 on his YouTube channel. Just might as well be the entire catalog up to two thousand eight. He just covered everything. This dude learns songs so fast, and he's such a good piano player. I can get around on the piano, but this dude's just like boom, just knocks it out. Benfold style, rocking. Let's hear it.
2: But what the part is and, think and think of.
3: you are yeah, metronome clicking back
2: for Well the, that's
3: one of the few things I love about this guy is that metronome and he plays so tight he plays right on that metronome he's the kind of player I would like to play with he is so on time with that I love that metronome in each video
0: It's the best. You know, it's funny, though, now that I'm thinking about it, he plays it more in their live style from the early days. Yeah. His piano rhythm in the verses is going... right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I didn't notice that when I was listening. How much... I was just like, oh, it's Daryl Till style. But now that I hear it, it's that flames guitar rhythm from those early live verses. You're right. Interesting. He decided to
3: do it like that, huh?
0: Over to SoundCloud, Josiah Martin, uh, the SoundCloud, it's soundcloud.com slash cartoon dash monster. You got the Wizard of Oz Scarecrow as the art here on this track. Let's listen. You get a little low five yeah, vibe going on Yeah, here. I love it. I love it. Has has that like eight bit feel too, but it's way different than Peter's Mario Paint one.
3: Yep. Those drum steps. This one, have that feel.
0: Yeah. Where yeah. like the snare is just like a white noise. sound. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Really changes the rhythm. Yep. Two and three and four. I mean, really puts it into a four four, just at like a nice walking pace. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun. Yeah. Yeah. Dig it. I yeah. I just love hearing shit in like covered in a way where I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have thought of doing that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, then we've got uh perhaps the earliest cover. This William Irvine on Bandcamp. It's it's William Devo dot com. William Devo, so we know he likes some good shit. It it says now I didn't realize this. When I first played it, I'm like Man, it sounds like shit. (laughs) the The recording sounds like shit. But then it says that it's from something he recorded in 1993. It says from an album called Bunch of Notes, released June 1st, 1993. And I haven't listened to any of the rest of this, but clicking over to it for the first time, the titles of some of these, we got Hamburger Helper, Stoogethon, Bunch of Notes, G- guitar solo and it's 17 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Shoot me jazz organ solo, drum solo, generic bass solo. Th- I got to just listen to this. This sounds intriguing. Um he's also got a Mario Paint covers album I'm noticing to the side. But uh <laughs> So if if we are to, to believe this is from 1993 and I think it is because clicking over to some other stuff it does have more modern dates i think he just decided to upload some classic william irving jams from pittsburgh my uh where my family originated from uh parents grew up there before moving to chicago so props let's listen to this very lo-fi where are your eyes,
3: Is that he only chose to do the one part. It's just that part. Oh, yeah,
0: it's a minute and a half.
3: Of yeah. that of just the, the kitchen. I love it.
0: It just goes right to yeah. <laughs> it. Yeah. It just goes right to it. And just the tape hiss. I know
3: that is. But the keyboard sounds really good.
0: Yeah, it's cool. I wonder what he would have been using.
3: Yeah, something.
0: 93. What kind of keyboard he would have been rocking. <laughs> the drums come in again not six eight but it, like it almost like hits you by surprise yeah. because it starts out without percussion you assume it's just going to be you know as much like the album as it could but it's just so out there it yeah <laughs> fantastic you could buy it for a dollar <laughs> <laughs> i love when people people put up covers on Bandcamp charging money for them i guarantee he did not pay the licensing for his little cover from nineteen ninety three,
3: <laughs> whatever. I think about that a uh, lot. I don't know. know if now's the time well, to get into that. But how do people yeah. <laughs> charge people for music that they don't have the the rights to be charging? I feel like it happens yeah. a lot. It really. I, I'm curious about it, but whatever. I'm sorry.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, any of my Giants content that I am pay, that I am asking for money for, I have paid the Johns for, uh, for the licensing. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Purple to pay that. Cost me around a thousand dollars in licensing fees. Oh, really? Really? That is
3: less expensive than I ever would have thought in a trillion years.
0: Well, okay. So what I've usually done, and I, I, you know, usually I'm doing stuff in small runs. That was a bigger run than I usually do. Usually, my bands like we put out uh, a covers album—not just they might be giants, but uh, a covers album um, that we wanted to press the CD and sell and put it on Spotify, yada, yada. Um, we only were doing 100 CDs. And basically to pay licensing, have you even, you've never done that before? No. So um, Easy Song Licensing is a site that makes it pretty easy. Um, it's right in the name. <laughs> and you basically prepay. Like you kind of predict how many things you're going to sell. So obviously we we order 100 CDs. So we just say we're going to sell 100 CDs. And then we predict or kind of prepay for three hundred downloads and a thousand streams, and each of those songs was like between forty five to fifty dollars okay so that ended up being i mean it, it was a it was a double disc, but yeah since we were doing l- lesser numbers it was around eight hundred to do all twenty four of those songs or whatever we had um, but purple two has a lot of songs ordered more CDs, planning to, yeah, more downloads, more, I mean, we've already had a shitload of downloads, and moved a lot of CDs, so. What happens when you go um, over the downloads?
3: Do they come and knock it?
0: You know, it's funny, it seems to be, as far as I can tell, basically, the honor system. Interesting. Like, yeah, I think, like, you know, if you do go over that, I mean, it would be very difficult for Easy Song Licensing to look through every single streaming site and see what numbers are they getting on these, uh, or, like, access your data about the downloads that you've had from wherever, yeah. you know, Amazon Music or iTunes or what. Um, and that would be also very hard for the Might Be Giants to find out about like exact numbers. Did they pay enough? You know, it's, it, it's weird. I think it's basically on our system. And unless, like, you're, you know, if you're like Taylor Swift covering They Might Be Giants, you're like, yeah, Yo, I'll throw them 50 bucks. And then you sell a bajillion, like, vinyl LPs yeah. of this that has this cover on it. They'd probably be like, yeah, I think we're gonna need a little more than that, but for little old me, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm giving him money, yeah. and I think I'm probably prepaying even more than I would probably. You know, we'll see with purple two pay. It's been it moved really well at the start, and we're and it's still getting sales in. You know, just at a more of a trickle now, but I've moved a lot. But I paid for the licensing myself, well, out of Patreon money. So people that are patrons, you helped license these songs. It didn't come out of the charity money. It was paid for by y'all. Nice people. Yeah, it's weird. It's, you know, yeah. The music industry is a weird place. Everyone, you know, I want the Johns to make their money. Yep. Absolutely. If I'm going to use the, use their great songs to sell my own thing. Yeah. I feel like they deserve something. Totally. Yeah anyway i think oh is it time for our covers I
4: think so
0: tell us about yours first man this is awesome you just gave it to me today so, yes what? i
3: hot damn i did it i just dug it up i did it when we first talked about this whatever two and a half years ago mm-hmm. and i did it right away because i was like oh i want to do a cover of the, you know for for the podcast
0: oh, it was then i thought you were saying it in in march when we were when we were scheduling it you did it way back Yeah, then? I had to edit. Dude, I, I went through... Why didn't you bug me about <laughs> doing this episode, man? Because I don't want to bug anyone, you know.
3: I, I, you know, I don't
0: want to bother <laughs> anyone. But um, Okay, so for you, you were like, oh yeah, that's what I did. Oh my
3: god, I, I found out, <laughs> I remembered about it a few months ago. It was on a Google Drive I was cleaning up, and I saw Where Your Eyes Don't Go. I'm like, oh my god, I forgot I even recovered it. And uh, <laughs> that's it. It's unmastered as you can tell. It's like, whatever, but... It's fun. I've been on a few like the They Might Be Giant compilations from like the Facebook fan group and stuff, and I like to like really yeah. play ver- like make versions that are so different. That's just like the kind of covering I like to do. You know? <laughs>
2: that you'll never you are free to come and go Or talk like
3: curtains blow But there's a pair of eyes on the back of your head Every jumbled pile A person has a thinking part that It's a nightmare that you'll never be discovering Where as you go, the party is hovering And it's a nightmare that you will never be discovering You're free to come and go Or talk like curtains blow But there's a pair of eyes On the back of your head
0: What name do you cover stuff under on, the, like, the TMBS stuff? On that stuff,
3: I use the name Greg Last.
0: Okay. All right, because I know I hadn't seen your name, but, yeah, Greg Last. I've definitely – oh, what are yours have, have we played? I'm sure – I I know for sure at least something has made it on – like, the Flood stuff, the Flood comp was so long. Oh, my God. I, mean, I, got, I got a birdhouse track buried in there. Yeah, my birdhouse um, was
3: right by your birdhouse. Okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> That when when I do a Flood episode, it's just, like, a massive amount of work. Yeah. Researching, digging through. Like, there's so many options. It's not like, is there a live version? It's like, which ones yeah. do I play? Yeah. Is there a cover? Oh, my God. I need to f- sort through these a little yeah. bit. Like, we had to for this. Whew, man. But your, your, your cover here, where your eyes don't go, it's great. It's like, it's almost like they might be giants aesthetic like encapsulates into one song where it's like jumping it's almost like you're jumping genres within the song there's like all these different feels like these little turns it takes like it almost turns into a ska song at one point there's a little synth stuff a lot of it seemed kind of like a folk punk kind of ajj kind of thing to me kind of vibe rosenstock yeah totally totally yeah yeah just kind of like scrappy and fun and just uh i love the little like I don't know, to, to jump from Jeff Rosenstock to talking about uh, Framadas, it sounds <laughs> like you got like, there's these lines that you land on and just stretch with these harmonies, and then the beat goes back yeah. in. I found very interesting. Like what, uh, uh, where did that impulse come from to do that? Because that especially stuck out to me. It's like, oh, that's cool. I don't know how you came up with it.
3: Yeah. So yeah, when I have, whenever I cover a song, I want to change it rhythmically. So, and that was like my idea. Like, how what do I do? And uh, like, I did Letterbox on one of the comps. I forgot which one. And I okay. totally played that as a completely different rhythmic song. And that's what I did here, too. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I guess I was fucking around. I can't even remember. It was three years ago. But I guess somehow.
5: <laughs> so. I know. I
3: like that part, too. I, I like that I'm <laughs> elongating that. I know. It's cool. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it, it, it's great it's just there's just a lot going on in such a short song not it it does but it's there's a lot going on without it feeling like overbaked it's very fun and exciting because there is yeah it just twists and turns uh that's great nice. man thanks for sending nice. that yeah so my cover i uh, love
3: your cover man <laughs> your cover is awesome <laughs> Yeah,
0: I don't know if I should talk about it first or plunk in all seven (laughs) minutes of it. (laughs) Well, let's just say, I'll just say I was inspired by, um, I don't think I mentioned this in the email. I sent it to you. Uh, Panda Bear, a.k.a. Noah Lennox from Animal Collective, was asked to do a piece for the Calm Meditation app. Oh, wow. And he made them a track that's 17 minutes long, and they rejected it.
3: Oh, my God. <laughs> so
0: he put it up on YouTube. Oh, wow. And it's the fucking greatest thing ever. Because are you an Animal Collective yeah, fan? Yeah, totally. I like them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I mean, they've been all over the place in their career. But but basically, they're a really fucking weird band. Like, not for, not for the normies, man. Yeah, yeah. It's only for cool people like us. But, I mean, fucked up shit. Like, the fact that Calm would ask him or commission him, I would hope he would have been paid before tracking this long thing, um, would commission him like, yeah, you know, I'm really into this band, Animal Collective. They do some cool atmospheric stuff. Let's have him make one. And then he sends them this. And I mean, I I could plunk in a little bit of it here. It's very ambient, but also like a little bit aggressive. Okay. There's not really any percussion. There's some like kind of percussive type elements that come in later, but at the beginning, it's just like <laughs> okay. just like these overtones. It's just like I think, but I'm fucked. I'm get, get fucked up taste, I guess. That it is kind of relaxing, almost in a way that like that throat singing is, where it's just like yeah. <laughs> right, where it's kind of like just like trances you out. Yeah. Right, but they rejected it, which I think he probably wore as a badge of honor as much as anything. It's like, well, fuck that! I can't make that normal shit. This is this is who I am. But I don't know what they would have expected, yeah, seriously, from the guy in Animal Collective. Like, and he's gone kind of poppy and like weird, kind of twisted Beach Boys kind of stuff. Yeah. But like, if you're looking for a meditation thing, like, what do you think he's gonna do? I, <laughs> I mean, you think he's gonna do some little like twinkly lullaby? Yeah. No. <laughs> But anyway, so like I mean, it's a 17 minute thing, but you know, maybe I'll drop in like 30 seconds of it to get the vibe. But like my first, like that tone, I found that the first chord that swells in on mine that was kind of inspired by that, and I took it from there. So I'm fuck. I'm doing. I'm dropping the whole thing in here. Yes. You know. <laughs> Hell yeah! Listen to it or don't. Hit the 30 second button several times. <laughs> So the way I approached this one, I, I wanted to do it on my Juno, uh, because that was the way I played it back in, in the past. But then I realized the time constraints I put on myself being like, Oh, where your eyes don't go. There's plenty of covers. Yeah, but fuck. I love this song. I want to do something. And I said, well, I shouldn't do it like I did before. I wanted to use my Juno just to cue in all the tones, but yeah, it was like, I need this in like three days. Uh, so I ended up doing MIDI. I even brought my MIDI keyboard to school today and on my prep period, finished it up. Nice. And, and it, the swelling synth tones with the chords and there's like all these overtones and stuff that make even the, even the major chords sound like ominous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is recorded to a click at like sixty-five BPM in four-four.
3: Oh, interesting. Uh, okay.
0: Yeah, that is recorded to a click, but all the swelling and stuff—it's really hard to grab any kind yeah. of beat from yeah. it. Yeah. You know, I didn't put any percussion. In it. I didn't want it yeah. to. Wanted it to be ambient. Um, This is like this is the soundtrack like to the nightmare with the scarecrow, <laughs> <in it.
3: laughs> right? Totally. Totally. And,
0: yeah, and I had to put those arpeggios in there. In there. Yeah. I'm, pl- I'm playing those live it's not an arpeggiator there so cool. i'm kind of speeding them up and slowing them down speeding them up and slowing them down um and again it's going to the chords but i'm not adhering to like any sort of subdivision click or anything i'm just kind of do yeah however fast i felt like it as i went and the melody doesn't even i don't even reveal the melody until the chorus and it's like so low it's kind of tucked in so really it takes you're like three minutes into the song before you're like it kind of sounds like where your eyes don't
3: come. <laughs> Yeah. I love that though. That's what I, I love that.
0: <laughs> and I just elongated everything underneath. Yeah. But then when I came in with the melody, I almost play it up to speed. So like the chords and the melody don't match up in the same way. Yeah. And it's just like that's just how it happened. I'm like, I'm going with it. And I just wanted it to be kind of like not so much dreamy, but like nightmary. Like it's yeah. just Fucking yeah, and it ended up being seven <laughs>
3: minutes. <laughs> it's awesome. I think it came out really good, man. I really like it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no vocals, which is very hard for me to resist. Okay. Like I don't know if you heard my I broke my own rule cover from that episode. Yeah. I went I went techno on that. And originally my plan was like, okay, techno doesn't usually focus on the vocals. Man, I'll do some little things, but I'm like, I just gotta sing it. I wanna sing it. And this one, like, I resisted that urge because I'm like, <laughs> I just want it to be just this, yeah, like the anti-meditation app. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if you want to fall asleep and see those those skulls, you know, the skull head. <laughs> Where your eyes don't go. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's that. Uh, it was fun. I was just like, what genre haven't I done a song in? And I just heard that panda bear thing. I'm like, time to get real fucked yeah, up, that baby. that was cool. Let's do that it. was very cool. Mm-hmm. I love it yes yes thank you thank you so i yeah i I love it's been a while since i don't i don't know have i ever had an episode where both me and my guest cover it but not together this might be the first one wow uh yes a momentous occasion (laughs) so many good covers this is future greg or current greg april 28th greg and uh we got one more cover here by Gerwin Kramer. Sent it to us, a custom cover. So you got one more here. Uh, I just don't have uh, other Greg here on the line to comment on it. But hey, let's listen to it. <music>
5: Is gone behind your arm, its face is wearing your confused expression. Where your eyes and go, where your eyes and go, a part of you is offering It is a nightmare that you'll never be discovering. You're free to come and go, it's dark like furnace, but there's a pair of eyes in the back of your head. You're a jumbled pile of person, has a thinking part that wonders what the part that is a thinking is. Or is it worse because it's always waiting where your eyes don't go? Where your eyes don't go, a part of you is suffering. It is a nightmare that you'll never be discovering. You're free to come and go, talk like you heard us but there's a pair of eyes in the back of your hair. Your eyes. Where. Scarecrow waves, his broomstick arms and eyes of birdie Of each unconscious thing you do We'll turn around to look at Sklomer Your arm, its face is wearing, your confusion confused
0: it's supposed to do that i love the glitchy things i love the hyperactive tempo changes gerwin thank you so much for sending that over uh people can find him on youtube i believe his channel is join us yeah it's time to score this song all
3: right this is an easy this is easy an easy time perfect easy
0: (laughs) i'll say 10 as well right now i guess yeah not hard i guess yeah (laughs) not hard to score um yeah your 10 i'm not gonna make you justify but any final thoughts on, on why you gave it a 10
3: um i just think like we were saying before this song really puts on display some major themes about what i love about this band um and lyrically and musically like just so cool everything about it amazing they might be giants song that's all i have to say about
0: that yeah i guess i'd be curious like what other so you gave kind of a an odd choice for your favorite they might be giants album but are there any weird tens that you might give like what's a perfect song like outside of you know, birdhouse yeah, or yeah. ing, or she's an angel. Like where, where are we? Okay. You know, for, for some context to have where your eyes don't go. Being I'll give
3: ten. you another 10, a controversial 10, like wicked, wicked kay. little kurta. Easy 10.
0: Yeah. Easy 10 for me. Easy 10. <laughs> that's so good. So good. Well, uh, What did I give that? I know I didn't give it a 10, but it is such a That good
3: chorus? Get out of here. Whatever you gave it was wrong, man. That chorus is unbelievable. <laughs> it's so catchy. It's so catchy. I gave it an
0: 8.8, which that's is really solid, high. That's a solid
3: score.
0: Yeah, yeah. Really high for, for this show. <laughs> if stuff's anywhere near 9 or 10, it's uh, like top of the heap. This on... <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going ten to. I mean, no question. Even the wiki, people, the wiki, this is ranked number seven. Oh, wow. Out of nine hundred and ten songs. This is ranked right, number, number seven? seven. Number seven. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. I you know, I mean, you expect stuff like Birdhouse and Ing. They're always up there. And don't let it start until my head falls off. Um, I like that. That one's up so high. Number four, uh, she's an angel. Doctor Worm, of course, and then right after Doctor Worm, where your eyes do okay. Wow, kind of surprising. It's, it's like surprising. it's a little bit, a little, a little bit of the dark horse. Yeah. I mean, I think within the fandom, everyone would agree it's a great song, but apparently, we agree it's a fucking phenomenal song. Yeah. Wow, and we're right. We're all right. <laughs> <laughs> real, the real communists have the music being at number nine.
3: Really, that's, that's a crazy. At one. Number nine. Yeah.
0: The thing is, with that though, it's only got no, only ninety people have rated it. Whereas where your eyes don't go, two hundred forty-five people have rated it. Birdhouse, five hundred fifteen people have rated it. But yeah, number seven. I mean, wow. that's still impressive. I think you know the rankings only mean so much when you get down into like the three hundreds. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is ranked. This is ranked three hundred fifty, but this is three hundred forty-nine. How dare they? but number seven. 7 that's a big deal that means something but
3: i got to say something. Well, i got to correct this wiki because it bothers me how okay. it says what? it says the verse of the song is musically based on the a classic american working the verse of the song is not based on that <laughs> it's not that that section just, that <laughs> bridge or, or interlude whatever but that's certainly not the verse and that really confused me when i read that cuz i was like how is that it's not
0: or did they mean or did they mean it's a verse of I've been working on the railroad. It's just the verse of know, the song way.
3: is musically <laughs> based on it, and it's not. We're at the
0: end of the episode, man. I'm We're sorry, at the end. We've Frank. already passed that point. need that correction. We can't. <laughs> 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 all right. You got anything to plug, my man, um, my fellow Greg?
3: Sure, yeah. I play in a band. I play in a ska punk band called Hub City Stompers from New Jersey. Fuck yeah. We're all over the place. Hub City we Stompers. We play all over. Come see us play.
0: And you're the drummer?
3: I'm the drummer, yeah.
0: Tight a lot of rim clicks
3: a lot of rim clicks yeah oh yeah a lot of rim shots oh yeah yeah, yeah.
0: nice love it i will check that out people can find this might be a podcast at this might be a podcast.com go to this might be a podcast.bandcamp.com to get a lot of covers by me and friends for free as well as purchase a purple to pay. if you'd like to be a patreon subscriber it's patreon.com slash this might be a podcast uh we're putting up that book book episode soon there's going to be another artist episode about tmbg art i believe we're in like 93 94 era we're going to be talking about so, yeah, head over there if you'd like. Leave me voicemails at 2248012930. Email me, this might be a pod, at gmail. I think that's it. Greg, fellow Greg, Greg's never disappoint. Thanks for being
3: on. Dude, thanks so much for having me. Hell yeah.